flames up and driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't Hey friends, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministry. Our website is lonesomeroad.org or you can call us at 618-383-2107. That's my partner Fred Mooney. All right, and thy words shall be a witness unto you today. So buckle up, relax, and hold on tight because here we go. Church on the Road, right here on your favorite radio station. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. Hey, this is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, Lonesome Road Ministry. I got my partner with me. Hi, I'm Fred Mooney, and I'm excited to be here. Hey, Fred, we got us a great guest today. He's a local pastor in our area, Jason Mason. Here I am. Hey, Jason, we are glad that you joined us today in the cab. We're going to ride along with these listeners out there. Roll on highway, right? Roll on oh, with Jesus, that's right. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a good time. we got some... Uh, some little dab of music we might put on for you, but we're going to find out all about Jason Mason. Uh, he's going to share a little bit of his testimony and find out what God is doing with him right now. Amen. Tell us about your church first. Okay, church first. All right, I like that. <laughs> this program is called Church on the Road, so we're going to bring your church on the road with us. Amen, man. So I'm the pastor of um, NYOC, which is um, letters for Not Your Ordinary Church. Um, Fairfield, Illinois. We meet on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Um, Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Yes, sir. Boy, I tell you, that is not your ordinary church. Yeah. I had a lady tell me or ask me one time, she says, are you a, are you one of those seven-day Avengers? <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be good. <laughs> I said, well, no, but that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> like um, We do fight evil like right we we are in a spiritual battle against a, in, an enemy but we have saturday night church for the really the sole purpose of when back in the day when i was out in the world partying and yeah. and running wild saturday night was the biggest night of the week you got that right i and, remember that <laughs> yeah yeah so um the, when i when the lord put it on my heart to in january 2017 um the lord put it on my heart to um, start in wild scene he gave me the name and that's as far as i went and i was like uh, maybe this is not for me, right? Right. So, but I was in motorcycle ministry, and so I started pursuing things that I thought that God wanted me to do. And um, I was in two motorcycle ministries that both fell apart. And uh, it was like the Lord's. Now it's time. It's time to start NYOC. So we, we did, and uh, it did not take long. The, that was the spring of eighteen. I started looking for making plans. Had a couple of um, Saturday night services at Shiloh at, at, in Jeff. And those were good turnouts. No, the first weekend of November of 18, we had our first service. 
It was pretty amazing. We had a packed house. We had about 54 chairs stuffed in a 940-square-foot building and <laughs> packed it out. And I had no idea what I was doing. Well, this is why I knew I loved Jesus. Amen. I knew I was learning how to play the guitar a little bit, and I had me a little band to put together, and um, we just lifted up the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And, yeah. and uh, now we're in the building next door, which fell in our lap. <laughs> um, it wasn't even for sale. And I pulled up on a Tuesday night. I study on Tuesday nights, and I went in there. We was looking for a building. I went in next door, what used to be Serendipity, uh, yeah. Gift store. Yeah. My wife used to go in there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I went in there and asked Anita. I said, Anita, this building wouldn't be for sale, is it? Would it? And she said, no, it's not for sale. So I looked around. We had some small talk and I left. Well, the next week I pulled up and she comes barreling out the door. I thought, is everything okay? It's like she come running at me. She said, I need to talk to you. <laughs> and she says, we're going to sell this building and uh, to you for what we owe on it. And uh, I almost said, I'll take it, but I didn't. You know, I a little patient. I said, let's go look. So um, the next thing I know, um, this guy writes a check for us and hands us the check and bought the building for us. We're, we don't owe anything. Wow. And, uh, and the Lord. Praise just, the pr- Lord. Yes. So, like, I don't know. We can talk and talk and talk about this. Yeah. But, and there's a lot of things that have that's happened over the last four and a half years, a little over four years. Yeah, well, that's that's amazing. I'll tell you, uh, God spoke this to you in January of 2017. Yes. And uh, over a year later. Yeah, a year later, yeah. Yeah, I, I can relate. God spoke to me to start a cassette tape ministry yeah. in, in 1999, and I didn't start it until over a year later in October of 2000. So I know what you was going through. I, I yeah. can feel your pain. You, you're thinking... I can't do this. And you even try to find somebody else to do it for you, didn't you? Right. Yeah. Did you do that? Well, I, I remember on the sixth week after we started, I was like, Lord, how am I going <laughs> to preach every week? Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I'm just a small town country boy that likes to hunt and fish and loves Jesus, right? And I said, God, I, I'm not very smart. I barely graduated high school. The only reason they graduated <laughs> me is because they didn't want me there anymore. Right. So I'm like, I don't, I don't have enough words to preach every week. I don't know enough words. And he says, you don't, but I do. And I'll do it through you. And, um, he's never failed me when it comes to preaching. Ain't that amazing? Well, he's never failed me period. Right. Amazing. But, But, um, it's, it's, can he continues to amaze me every week? Yeah, he is an amazing God, isn't he, Fred? Yes, he is. You know, Rick Warren says the way that you know when you're doing something that God really wants you to do, you're in over your head mm-hmm. and it's way above your ability, and you have to depend upon Him. Praise the Lord, man! I like I've, I've said that too. And it's something similar. Like we got to get out on a limb. Yeah. We got to go out on a limb where we don't have anything else to hold on to except God. Amen. No other limbs, no other nothing. Get out there far enough where we have to depend on him, and he'll show up. When uh, I met uh, uh, Tim Ridley over at the Mid-America Truck Show, and I'd been, I'd been talking to him. He's, he's on Sirius XM Radio. He does a show called The Tim Ridley Show for truckers, you know. And I'd been talking to him, and he'd let me share my testimony once on this show. And I met him over at the truck show. And he said, I've got, a, I've got an idea, brother. He said, uh, would you be interested in doing a program on my radio show called Jumpstart Your Day? And I thought, man, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm the, but he said, you think about it and you pray about it. So I did. I, I prayed about it that night, and God gave me a, a devotion, and I wrote it called In Over Your Head. Just what you was talking about, Fred. And that was my first uh, jumpstart that I'd done. Cool. on. The, and just like you. I'm not. I'm not very smart. I'm, a, and I told God so many times that I can't do it. But He says I can do it through you. Yes, He can. And He keeps giving me those devotions. And we're still on the, the Tim Ridley show really? today. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, it's an amazing ride when you say yes to God. Yeah. Here am I. Use me. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You know, after teaching about the disciples and Jesus calling the, the disciples, I really believe God wants to take ordinary men and do extraordinary things with them amen yeah 
God's not looking for an extraordinary man. He's looking for a man that wants to see an extraordinary God. Absolutely. That's what he's looking for, somebody that will turn to God and let him use them. And that's what you're doing. That's what Fred's been doing in his Sunday school class all these years. How many years have you been teaching, Fred? Long time. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> this ministry that we're in. So you guys have got a great praise and worship team over there at uh, NYOC. Mm -hmm. My wife, uh, we went over there about a month ago, I think it was, yep. and she just loved you guys' music. Mm -hmm. So I was hoping you'd bring your guitar. I forgot to tell you to bring it. Yeah, I sure would have. Yeah, we could have had some music on there. but I'm not near as good by myself, though. <laughs> well, maybe maybe in the future we can uh, get some of your music recorded and, and use it in our radio program and yeah. our CDs. Let's you know, uh, I was with you on that trip over there, and yeah. I, I loved it. It was great, wasn't it? I loved this. I love, there's, what, four or five men up on, uh, on the platform singing, and it put me in mind of a bunch of Vikings. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah. man, this is really well, cool. We, most of us have beards and... Yeah. Not very pretty, so yeah. We fit right then, in. then I looked around, and and you see you see this uh, bearded, tattooed biker with piercings and whatever, and then you see this grandma. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm thinking, hey, this is the way the church is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. man, it's Virginia. That you probably seen Virginia, man, and she just loves to come to NYLC. She 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 wasn't there last night, but um, she's starting to. And get up there in years yeah. and stuff, but she just absolutely loves to come. Yeah. Well, since we don't have any of your music, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to put on a song by my good friend Joe Arview. Do you know Joe? I know Joe. We've okay. been communicating just a little bit. Okay. Well, you need to get him at your church one yeah, of these days. I think we do. And we're going to play. He's got a brand new CD uh, called Living Good Life. Living yeah. Good Life. Living that Good is Life. Right. So we're going to put on a song off of that CD of Joe's, and his phone number is 618-927-1986. He's got a website, joerview.com. And listen to this, and then we're going to hear Jason's testimony after this song right here and find out more about our good friend and pastor, Jason Mason. Here's Joe Arview.
we're back and this is Jason Mason and he can't wait to share his testimony. So go ahead, Jason, share your testimony with our listeners. All right. Well, um, if you know, uh, there's a little town um, east and east of here called Mount Airy. Uh, and yeah. it's about population 95, I believe. About the size of Keene's here. <laughs> yep. And uh, um, I grew up in the suburbs of that town, about five miles south. Both my parents were alcoholics. My dad loved to hunt and loved to fish, and he loved to drink. They were divorced when I was eight. Um, I remember times before they were divorced um, where dad would get quite violent with my mother. And I remember hiding in the corner with my baby sister and... Uh, it was so loud and so scary because he had a scary voice when he was yelling. And uh, we'd hide in the corner. And then we had one of those old rotary dial phones with a 25-foot cord on it. And back then, we only had to dial four numbers if you lived in the country. So I, I would dial 2437, and my grandma would answer. And um, I said, Mom and Dad's fighting again. And they would come save us come rescue us and um which was always scary it's just like mm -hmm. i would just remember being scared and not that dad and dad never laid a hand on me he probably should have spanked me several times but um he, they just drank and then it got violent and so they divorced and we lived with our grandma and grandpa i have two older sisters and a younger sister and so um three of us the youngest three of the four would live with grandma and grandpa i remember dad coming home for supper every night we in the summertime we'd play catch we'd go fishing he would spend time with me. I loved him to death. He was my best friend. But I remember getting old enough to where, man, I can't wait till he lets me drink with him because he would have friends over and he'd have parties and it would just look like it would look like they was having fun after mom was out of the picture. It just looked like they was having fun. I said, man, I can't wait to drink with dad. And by the time I turned sixteen, he'd let me. He'd let me drink, and and I wanted to be just like him. I wanted to be just like dad. I wanted to hunt. I wanted to fish. I wanted to work hard. He did work hard in the oil field. About the time I was in high school, I was pretty miserable. Life was hard. Dad had remarried and divorced again. Home life was bad. I did have some crazy friends that I liked to hang out with, and that's what we done. I played baseball. Baseball mm -hmm. is the only thing that kept me in school. I remember my sophomore year driving to school, and it's like, man, I want to run away. I just want to leave. Don't not and not come back and but the thought was in my mind is like if I run away how am I going to play baseball yeah. and how am I going to go to school so I can play baseball mm. how can I fake parents and <laughs> can I find some fake parents and <laughs> and play ball and so I didn't run away right so I graduated and I had a baseball scholarship to a junior college and uh, but at eighteen man I was uh, such a mess. Drank all the time, college life, um, had zero friends in college, just nobody that was my kind of people, I felt like. And the, the friends that I did have were crazier than I was, so I quit college. My dad um, died not much long longer after that, of directly related to his alcoholism, and I started to spiral. The next year and a half after that, I was just drinking with the purpose of carrying on a family tradition i remember buying the same old nasty walkers deluxe mm -hmm. whiskey and being around my friends and just tip it up and drink as much as i could at one time and just tell them i told them i said man i'm gonna die just like my dad yeah and just proud of it yeah and uh i'm in and out of jail in out of rehab uh married and divorced and started dating my wife and um, my grandma died and she was the only solid person that I had in my life. I just didn't have any adult, like, mentorship or anything in my life. So I just drank. And on a September 17th, 1997, I'd done drugs too, meth and all that stuff, but um, my main thing was drinking. September 17th, 1997, I come home drunk again. Um, took him, who is my wife now of almost 25 years, praise the Lord. And uh, trying to fight with her, she wouldn't have nothing of me. Nothing. She wasn't going to fight. She's about done with me. And there's a picture of me when I was in college on hanging on a wall. And I was walked past it. And I stopped and looked at that picture. I just looked at that picture like it was a mirror. And I said, man, I hate you. I just can't stand you. And, man, I punched that picture as hard as I could punch it. With everything I had, hit that picture. And the glass shattered. And my knuckles were bleeding. And my heart broke right with it. And that was the beginning of my journey to Jesus. Um, I got sober that night. 
and stayed sober for a year. And a year later, after um, a pastor shared the gospel with me on the street, I was offended. I was uh, first time he told me I needed Jesus or I was not going to go to heaven, you know, and there's only one other place you can go if you don't go to heaven. It's like I said in my mind, it was like, who are you to tell me I need Jesus? I'm sober, bro. <laughs> I've never been sober before unless I'm in prison. And uh, um, so he just planted the seed of truth in my life. So a few months later, he, we had the same conversation at the same gas station. And then by that time, I was sober even longer. It's like, I wonder, wonder if there is anything about this Jesus cat that I need to know about. So I started pursuing truth. I need to know, is Jesus real? And do I need him? And man, I did. And I realized it. And I got saved in that pastor's office. And I bowed and said a prayer that I really meant. Not like, you know, we say a lot of prayers. Sure. At, um, when you're thrown up in a porcelain throne, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Get me oh, God, I'll if never you do that get again. get me through this one, I'll get myself through the next one. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I bowed my head and asked the Lord, Lord, save me. I'm a, I'm a sinner, and I need saved. I need you to save me. I, I'm done with me. And I've raised my head, and I'm, I'm telling you, the glory of God was so thick. Amen. It was like. And this doesn't happen for everybody in, the, in, right. this, in this way, yeah. but it was heavy. And I, like, I got lightheaded, and I was like, wow. I thought, <laughs> what in the world is going on? I looked at the pastor across the desk from me. He's kind of laughing because he sees it. And I thought, I feel kind of funny. He's like, well, that happens. It does. And um, I walked out of that church, a brand new man, still had a bunch of junk to deal with. Sure. But I walked out there, and I lit a cigarette. It was the first time I heard the Lord speak to me. He's like, and it wasn't not necessarily audible, but I knew it was the Lord. He's like, you don't have to do that anymore. He, you're my son. You belong to me now. You don't need that. He didn't whack me in the back of the head. Yeah. He didn't condemn me for lighting a cigarette. He just told me, he said, son, you don't need that no more. And so I was like, I didn't quit smoking at the moment, but I heard him. And it was three days later I quit smoking. And here we are. That's powerful. I mean, I know what you're saying. When, when God speaks to you like that, mm-hmm. It's almost like you hear an audible voice, but yeah. it, it's, it's that loud. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's coming from inside of you because the Holy Spirit Absolutely. is living inside of you Amen. once you give your heart to the Lord. What was that pastor's name? you remember? Uh, Les Mason. Les Mason. My co- he was my cousin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, God bless him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now you've given your heart to Jesus, September 17, 1997. I got sober in 97. Oh, you got sober in 97. Sober in 97, saved in August of 98. And I believe it was my grandpa's birthday, August the day I got saved. of 98. I got saved August 95. Well. I was just a few years ahead of you, but I lived the same life you did, more or less. Yeah. Uh, lived away from God and, and running and. Doing your own thing. Doing my thing, yeah. Yes. And then God started speaking to you right then, as soon as you got saved. And he's been speaking to you ever since. It's been, how long has that been? 25 years. This August will be 25 years. 25 years. Praise the Lord. And, uh, um, yeah, I had um, a burning desire. A hunger. To, for his word. You didn't, have to, you didn't have to check on me. Yeah. Like, like a lot of times people think that um, religious folks, are, and I check on the people that get saved, right? Yeah. But it's, I can't drag them to church. And you have people that come and, and give their lives to the Lord and then not do anything with it at all, just go right back mm-hmm. out, right? Well, that wasn't the case with me. And the pastor, Les, didn't have to call me and say, hey, are you coming to church today? Or, you know, <laughs> I said, He knew I was going to be there. My car broke down, and I couldn't go to that church anymore. So I ended up going to an Assembly of God church um, where Pastor Rex King was there. And it was like, I started going there and fell in love with the people, everything about it, and he didn't have to check on me. I, there was no way I wasn't going because I love Jesus, man, and he, and he saved me. Yeah. Um, sometimes that's not the case with a lot of people. Yeah, I know. I, I don't understand how that works, but I was the same way. Man, I just had a hunger, a desire. I, I just wanted to find out who this man called Jesus was yeah. that saved me. I wanted, to, I wanted to read his word. I wanted to find out all everything I could about him. And, and when I was driving on the road, I used to pick up gospel tracks. But I was looking for just anything about Jesus, yeah. about this man called Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
and them gospel tracks that's what they was all about man yeah. I, I loved them and i'd read them everywhere and but go ahead with your story what happens after you get saved and and you was you was married right yep okay so um we were just living together outside of marriage okay you wasn't married we you was not living, married. yeah living with uh kim, kim yep. yeah okay and so you went and told her T tell us about that yeah so she had so um i come home that day after um giving my life to jesus and i walked the first thing i said when i walked in the door i said kim i just gave my life to jesus and she just looks at me like really and she she had already she had given her life to jesus about six months earlier watching christian television yeah. and uh, she would try to tell me about it and stuff and i wouldn't listen right but i come home and she, then she's like really are are, are are you joking or and i was like let's i said let's go buy bibles let's go get some bibles we needed bibles so we went and bought some king james i didn't know what kind of bible to buy you right and, and there ain't nothing wrong with king james and we went and bought them and um, here's something really cool we went to um, Vincennes because we was living in Bridgeport, and we went to Vincennes, Indiana, and pulled up to the Bible bookstore right next door to the store where we bought all our pot smoking stuff. <laughs> and I thought, as I talked to my and told Kim, I said, "Look there!" I said, "We're going to go in and buy us Bibles, and we're done with this stuff." Mm -hmm. And that was really cool. Um, just a really cool experience. That was in August, and by September. It's like, Kim, we love each other, right? Mm -hmm. We want to be together forever. And, uh, and they, she said, yeah. I said, and on, you know where Boogerville is? Yeah. yeah. So there's a bridge north of there, out down in the bottoms. We stopped on that. We was out just riding it. In, um, nice fall day, riding roads. And uh, we stopped on that bridge. And I got down on my knee and asked her to marry me. <laughs> and uh, she said, yes, praise the Lord. And... Uh, I said, we need to do this right. Let's honor God in our relationship. And, man, it's like pulling teeth to tell and teach people this, right? Yeah. But it, man, I know it. I know it. It's, it's hard. It is real hard. Marriage is such an important thing. Um, it's, a, it's a picture of God's relationship with us. Mm -hmm. That's why it's, it a, it's marriage between a man and a woman. And we, as Christians, are his bride and he, he wants us to honor him in our relationships. Yes, he does. So I said, let's get married. And so we did it December 19th, 1998. We got married in the foyer of a church. We had my, just a handful of people there. We was all decked out in tuxedos, and she was beautiful in her white dress. And, and my, my, my two girls that are grown now, they were approximately – seven and eight or nine and ten somewhere right around there beautiful little girls in little white dresses and we had a one-night honeymoon and my friend had to t drive us because our car was broke down <laughs> but um and you know what it was not a bed of roses we married and honored god in in our marriage and in six months we were going to counseling we were going to kill each other <laughs> we didn't know how to be parents we didn't know how to be husband and wife we didn't know nothing because yeah. we come out of a lifestyle where we just done our own thing and done what we wanted. And then now we're trying to honor God and learn how to do this. And so we went to counseling with our pastor. And, uh, and this year, 25 years. Praise the Lord. Wow. That's, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is a powerful, powerful testimony and witness. And, and so now, uh, after you got saved and got married, and then you started going to church, Yep. Uh, you was in church. As soon as you got saved, you said yep. you started going yep, to church. Yeah, we started then, yeah. Yeah. And you've, um, God has called you to do a ministry or two. You've been in several ministries. I know you've done a biker ministry. Yep. And is that something God called you to do? Or? Mm, I think that that's something Jay May wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> Jay May. That's some people call me Jay May. So. Jay May? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you, it was successful. I mean, it, you, yeah, we reached people, you, and you've done a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, we still we I still minister in the biker world. Yeah, and uh, we have um, this year, June third is um, our fifteenth annual Made New Ride for Recovery. Yeah, so fifteen years, June third, and uh, doing that, and uh, so yeah, I have a motorcycle, and yeah. uh, and we do try to minister the gospel 
Um, well, I know you've. I know you had Tony Mack. Yep. There, yep. and he spoke there. So Love that guy. I, I would call that a very successful ministry. Anytime you get Tony Mack Amen. involved in a ministry, you got a successful ministry. So, but God has raised you up. Yeah. Higher than you ever thought. Oh, way, yeah. way higher. But that's what he does. He puts you in, in a ministry, and then he raises you to the next level. Yeah. And the next level. And yeah. the next level. So you've done uh, biker ministry. Mm-hmm. You've done, uh, what was the other ministry uh, that they had at the? Life Recovery. Life Recovery. You've yep. done Life Recovery ministry, and each one is a different level that yeah. God is raising you up to reach people. That's yep. that's that's what God is all about, is reaching yep people and he wants to use you know the uh, bible says that we're christ ambassadors as christians yes. we're all called yeah. as christians we're all called to reach people we're not all called to be a pastor or a leader of some ministry but um we are all called to be men of god or and women of god to reach people yeah. and, and the broken people now that you've mentioned that i would like to you're bio bivocational right you, yep you work a day job i do yeah uh, is that A-N-L? N-A-L. N-A-L. N-A-L, okay. North American Lighting. N-A-L, okay. I had, uh, I want to pass something on to you. It's somebody said to me, Aaron Landruff. I don't know yeah. if you know Aaron. I know Aaron very well. Anyway, he was sharing his testimony with me, and he said he was at work, and uh, he was told, told him he was having this problem and everything, and they said, Go talk to Jason Mason. Yeah. So that's something that people that have problems, they send them to you. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's fantastic to have somebody to go to. Aaron is, um, he's a success story, isn't he? Yes, he is. It's, and he, it's not, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, it's not from him not stumbling and falling and getting back up and stumbling and falling and get back up. So many, this is where, this is where the church as a whole has failed. Yeah. Is that when somebody stumbles and falls, they just lay, leave them there, mm-hmm. and don't try to encourage them. Don't give them a call. Don't. I don't know how many times I told Aaron. I said, "Man, I believe in you, and you can do this. You get up and you dust yourself off. You reach up and let the Lord pick you up and dust you off, and you will overcome this. You will. God will set you free, and you may have to go through some struggles. But when you fall, get back up." And and I believe in you, and I tell I tell everybody that everybody I minister to, like we minister at NYLC, we minister to a bunch of people that are broken, and when they stumble and when they fall, and even from the pulpit, I'll listen, guys. I believe in you. Yeah. I believe in you, and I believe in a God that's way greater than we are. And if you fix your eyes on Him, He will set you free. He'll you'll be way overcome the things that you're struggling with. There's lots of testimonies. Uh, from NYLC about that. That's exactly what the young people today need to hear. Yeah. Your story about your your parents and your life and everything, it's sad to say, but that's that's a common story today. Yeah, yeah you're right. The only, only time we are defeated is when we don't get back up. Yeah. As long as we can get up, we got to get back up and keep swinging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't sugarcoat it either. Like I call yeah. it like they're, if they stumble and fall in their addictions – I said, listen, guys, that's an, your addiction is not anybody's fault but yours. If you're addicted, it's your, it's, you may have some bad influence. I had some bad influence. My dad and my mom both died of alcoholism, and, and they influenced me on, in my path. Yeah. But I, am, I chose to follow them and, and to follow their influence. And uh, I am responsible for opening that bottle of whiskey. And so it's, sin is sin. And we need to call sin, sin. We need to recognize it and re- yes. recognize where it comes from and comes from our flesh. And it also comes from the enemy. And we're in a war and we need to suit up. So many people uh, fall into those uh, generational curses. And there is yeah. such a thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just like what you're talking about, we follow in our father's footsteps, yeah. our parents' footsteps, and it's a generational curse. But... The good news is there's a curse breaker, Yes, and his name is Jesus. Amen. And if we turn our eyes to him and cry out to him, then he will lift us up out of that miry clay, out of that pit that we find ourselves in so many times, and he will clean us up and set our feet upon that rock, Yeah, and he will establish our going. 
and he will put a new song in our mouth. And, and Come on, you're preaching. Yeah, yeah. I know. But uh, that's what he has done for you. That's yeah. what he's done for me. That He's done that for Fred, and he can do it for those people out there that yes. are listening right now. Absolutely. And listen, like Psalm 107 is, um, talks about the people of God turning from God and then get stuck in, in, in their in their garbage, and then they in their garbage they turn to God, and He sets them free. Yep. Three like three different things. Uh, Psalm one hundred seven fourteen says he, he brought them out of their deepest darkest gloom and broke their chains to pieces. Yep. Broken chains can't hold us. That's right. Amen. That's right. And God and if we turn to God, it doesn't matter how many times we fall. We if we keep seeking the Lord, we will continue to get stronger and being able to. We won't stumble and fall like we used to. Amen. Amen. That's good preaching there. Amen. Keep on. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, man. I, um, Psalm 107, you said. Psalm 107, 14. 107. I've preached out of that before. That'll preach. Yeah. The whole, the whole, the whole chapter is that. I yeah. think there's three occasions. That, there is. And, yeah. Um, the, people of, the people of God yeah. fell away by bad choices, and they turned to God, and he set them free and brought them back. And that's what God does. Yeah. He knows He knows that we're going to stumble. He knows that we're going to fall. And He knows that He's always going to be there for us if we turn to Him. If we stay out there in the world, that's a dangerous place to be. Yeah. If we stay stumbling, if we stay in the bad decisions, then there's consequences to that. Amen. But He He will not leave us there if we just cry out to Him. we got to look to Him. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Uh, I think that's wise advice, picking yourself back up and running to God. He's our deliverer. He's our redeemer. We are human beings Amen. and we fail. Amen. Well, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. But if you read about David, he was, he messed up a lot. You know what that word after means? That means the word at, and I just learned this the other day that David is a man after After. God's heart, continually pursuing God. His heart wasn't a heart like God's because God's is perfect, but he had a heart that pursued God and in even in his failures. Yeah. Chasing after God's heart. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was getting ready to say. I, if you read the Psalms and Dave, the songs of, of David, they always, he was always in gloom and doom. And, but by the, t- by the end of the Psalms, God has picked him up out of it because he cried out to God and asked God to forgive him and to f- put his feet back on the rock. Yeah. And that's that's what we have to do. Anytime we find ourselves in a pit, there's one way out, and his name is Jesus. Yeah. He's always there with that rescue life, that, uh, what do they call them, life preserver. Life preserver. Yeah. Life preserver. He's always there with that life preserver, ready to throw that out into that miry clay and pull you pull back up, up out, out of there. God is our Redeemer. He's our Savior. Man, I just seen a Facebook reel the other day where this guy was over his knees and stuck in the mud. Yeah. And they got this crane out there, and he grabbed onto that crane, and he couldn't hold on tight enough. He could not hold on tight enough Uh to that crane. Yeah. So what that crane done was went right beside him and started digging out real gentle. Doesn't that sound like God? Yeah. yeah, digging out, and then pretty soon he just got close enough to where he could scoop that guy up out of there in into the bucket, and brought him out of that miry muck. That's what God will do. He's gentle. He won't. He's gentle and loving and kind, and he will woo you. And you need to do all you can, like do, and then stand. In Ephesians six, it says, "Do what you can do, and then stand." stand. Right. Amen. And then so that guy in that video was grabbed onto that thing, but he just wasn't strong enough. Yeah. To hold on tight enough, he had to fully depend on that crane to dig him out. Man, we need to fully depend on God to pull us out of that miry clay. You know, what we're talking about right now reminds me of a song by one of our partners here at Lonesome Road Ministry, Carol Barham. She's a singer, songwriter, lives down in Columbus, Mississippi, and she wrote a song called Reach Out for the Lifeline, and that's what we're talking about. So let's put this song on by Carol, and then we're going to come right back, and we're going to find out more about Pastor Jason Mason and his wonderful church, NYOC, Not Your Ordinary Church. Here's Carol Barham with Reach Out for the Lifeline.
life was so filled with misery Sin had taken its toll I was drifting out on a raging sea The billows around me rose It seemed like all hope was gone When a voice began to say Child, reach out for the lifeline I've come to save your soul today And I will forever praise Him For you reached out to me in love I will forever praise Him Now my help comes from above I will forever praise Him Let's go. Let's talk some more about your uh, church that you're doing, uh, Jason. You you guys are doing an amazing work. Got people coming from all over the country. All over the country. I, I, uh, that time we was over there, uh, there was, I talked to a guy that was from St. Louis. Yep. And there was people from uh, down at Heron, mm-hmm. and uh, there was people from Centralia. Yep. I mean, they they're just coming from all over. All over. That's that's amazing. Isn't that cool. That we had um, we had some people. That um, want to come every week, they can't. But they're from Mattoon, which is an hour yeah. and a half away, and uh, we baptized them, their whole family. <laughs> they just started. Uh, Katrina, uh, she started watching us online somehow. Yeah, right, right. Contacted us, and she says, "Like, you, do you know any churches like yours up in our area?" I said, "Well, no." But um, so she she came and brought um, her sister and her sister's husband, and they were both away from the Lord. Next thing I know, April got saved in um, her mom's kitchen with Katrina. Yeah. And then not right after that, I get a message from Tracy, the husband, and he's a, a biker guy. And he's like, man, God has changed our lives. And he says, the next time we come, would you baptize us? 
And I said, heck yeah, <laughs> I will. And so, um, so we did that just the, um, in January. They got, they got, um, um, let's see, our New Year's Eve service, which was a Saturday night. Um, they came and that's when I got to sit down with them and talk to them. And they were just kind of wondering, right? Just didn't know. Had a great conversation with them. Had a great church service that night, and then the next thing I know, they wanted to get baptized, and just a two in two weeks later, mm-hmm. and uh, it was amazing. Yeah, we, yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? It is when when we just get out of God's way and let Him work. <laughs> so, so like 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 we have uh, we have announcements. Yeah, we have song. We have four songs. Normally, we just play four songs, and that's so that's not a whole lot different than uh, a Sunday morning church, right? But there's just no agenda. The only agenda that we have is Jesus. And, lift up the and, name and, of Jesus. And lift up the name of Jesus and, and instill that into broken people. Yeah, amen. And, uh, and let God do the work. Like, God, I can't change anybody. We can't change people. We can't change their heart and their minds. We can preach to them and teach them and lead them. But it's up to between them and God to make that decision and to, to follow. Amen. To follow. And... I mean, we have a lot of followers. We have. There's a young lady named Ashley that comes to our church. Um, two years ago, she was walking the streets, living on the streets, meth addicted, totally out of her mind. And she is a manager at McDonald's uh-huh. and um, has made some re- extremely hard decisions in her life um, when it, concerning her kids. But she, her eyes are set on Jesus. She's still got things to deal with. Right, Amen. right. She still yeah. got stuff to deal oh, with, yeah. but man, she, you would you would believe because we know that Jesus that changes lives, and man, God has changed her life, and uh, it's just really cool. It, just real cool to see it like unfold before your eyes. Yeah, that is, it's amazing what God is doing in our lives when we just turn it over to Him and let Him do it. Yeah, yeah. But you you do have a great church, amazing church. So we want to tell everybody how to. Uh, uh, watch your services online because yep. we're on Facebook. Yeah, you're on uh, uh, Facebook. Facebook, and we got some stuff on Instagram as well. Okay, so give them that information. Um, it's NYOC, NYOC. Not um, your ordinary church. <laughs> yes, and um, there is another, not your NYOC, but out of New York, but it's not a church. Um, but you, it, okay. you, type, you type in NYOC in your search on Facebook, and it'll um, bring you right to us. Okay, and you're out of Fairfield, Illinois. Fairfield, Illinois. If you're local, if you um, if you're close to uh, Fairfield on a Saturday night, we are on one thirteen Southeast Second Street, Fairfield, Illinois, and at seven p.m. on Saturday nights. I can see one common thread in all of this, and I keep getting the word "whosoever." Whosoever. Yeah. And whosoever is welcome at NOYC. Yeah, in Y-O-C. Y-O-C. Yeah. In Y-O-C. <laughs> Even dyslexics. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, uh, we always like to offer our guest speakers a chance to talk to the audience. And maybe God's laid a message on your heart that you need to share with our listeners. Uh, if, is there something that God has laid on your heart that you would like to share with our listeners. Well, it's what I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, so this is the message, like whosoever, that's such an awesome word because God, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And that implies whosoever. And that, and that call goes out to every person, every ear, Every ear that hears the gospel, that, go- that call is for you. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And he was lifted up on the cross. And at that cross, he was calling all of mankind to him that he would forgive you of your sin and, and give you a, take that heart of stone and he'll give you a heart of flesh, soft and pliable, and he'll teach you his ways and teach you how to walk in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit and to live for him. That he is our goal. He is our prize. Like I deal with people that uh, want sobriety or and are trying to get sober, right? And I told a guy last night. I said, "Bro, if you if sobriety is your goal, sobriety is all you will get. Jesus has everything that you need. You need peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You need strength. He is your strength. If you need shelter, he's your strong tower. Amen. Right. That's right. So, so like, <laughs> if you need God, 
and listen, you do, whether you know it or not. You repent of your sins. God, there's, a, there's a gap. All the way back to Adam and Eve, all the way back, God says, don't eat that fruit of that tree. The enemy comes in and twists God's word, mm-hmm. tricks them, and they made the decision to eat it, and that sep- they got kicked out of the garden. They got kicked out of God's presence, right? Right, right in the very beginning. Yeah. So God, in his sovereignty, knows how to handle us with free will, right? And he looks at the serpent first and says, the, the seed of this woman will bruise his heel and crush your skull. Hmm. Amen? Amen. The first promise of the Messiah. 4,000 years goes by a man trying to be good enough to tire of Babel and, you know what I mean, trying to, trying to get their way back to God. Couldn't do it. So Jesus comes on the scene through many prophecies, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, born of a virgin, grew up and had a healing ministry and, and, and touched people and loved people where they're at, loved the Samaritans, oh my gosh, <laughs> right? And he lived a life that we could not live. He lived a sin-free life, did never not sin once. And he died a death that we deserve. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We have earned our death. That is ultimately the reason we all die is because we've all sinned. Mm-hmm. Died a death we deserve. And he overcome that death, hell and the grave, and to give and come back at, out of the grave to give us life. Mm-hmm. He overcame death, and we can overcome death as well. If we place our trust and faith in him, that's what he done. That's, that's what he done. So, man, if you guys are uh, struggling with Jesus, here's another. Here's a, something that um, that I done when the gospel was presented to me is that I got curious. Like Jesus boldly proclaims that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father except through me. That's bold. So, and if that's true, I want to know it. That's true. Right? Yeah. So in another place in the scriptures, it says, if you see, Jesus says, if you seek the truth, you will find it. Jesus is the truth. You seek him, and you will find him. Amen. 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 Well, that's good preaching, brother. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, uh, I get calls every week from our ministry, from our radio and CD uh, programs that we put out. I got a call. I get these calls all the time. I just got one yesterday, I think it was, a lady down in Alabama. Her name was Monique. Mm -hmm. And she called to tell me that she had prayed a prayer of salvation on one of our CDs. And we don't like to close any program without putting a prayer of salvation on on that program for that purpose right there because there's people out there that just need that assurance yeah and she said i asked her if this is the first time she ever prayed it she said no it's the first time i ever prayed it with tim lee that mm-hmm. was who the message was and uh but she's prayed it many times there's there's people i i talked to a lady down in georgia the other day and i i led her in a sinner's prayer and uh, she'd been saved you know as a young girl mm-hmm. But there's so many people out there that have gotten away from God, that have never trusted in God. And we always put a prayer of salvation on every program that we do. Would you lead our listeners right now in a a sinner's prayer? I sure will. So, like, I'm going to pretend that I'm getting saved. Okay? Yeah. And I'm in my own words, I'm going to pray and ask God to save me. So, when it comes time for you... To ask God to save you, and like, and a lot of there's a lot of people do it different ways, and this is the, this is the, just the way I do it. Um, in my, I encourage the person in their own words, because you're the one getting saved. You're the one that's calling out on Jesus. I cannot get saved for you. You, in your own words, you ask God to. You admit that you're a sinner and you have broken His laws, and then secondly, that you're turning from your ways and your brokenness to Jesus for forgiveness. And he will forgive you. Okay? All right, let's go to the Lord. Lord, we love you. And we thank you, God. I thank you, God, that I have an opportunity to come to you as a broken, lost person that needs saved to ask for forgiveness. I know I'm a sinner. I know I have sinned and broken your laws. And that has separated me from you. But I know now that it's your desire to bridge, that you have bridged that gap between me and you. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would come and save me, 
that you would come into my life, that you would forgive me of my wretched sin, and that you would forgive me and make me a new person. And I receive your forgiveness. I know that you died on the cross, and on the third day you rose from the dead. And in, the, in faith, I ask you to save me, and thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Hello, Jesus. Yes, it's really me. After all the wrong I've done, Lord. I guess you're surprised to see me here at your altar like a beggar on bended knees who's come here to beg you, oh Lord. Please, please forgive me. I can't make it without you, Jesus. Yes, I finally see. So let me surrender my life to you. And Jesus, Jesus, please forgive me. I've learned the truth about Satan's so-called good life. Oh, it was just a candle. It was just a candle. Too short to burn through the night. Now I'm here in the darkness and I come to you and plead. Oh, light my life, oh, light my life, and Jesus, please forgive me, oh, please forgive me, I can't make it without you, Jesus, yes, I finally see, so let me confess my sins, and you. Give me eternal life And Jesus, please, please Please, please forgive me And Jason, we really appreciate you riding along with us today and yeah. sharing uh, your uh, heart with the, our listeners, your testimony, and uh, and your great testimony about how God has raised this not-your-ordinary-church up. So yeah. tell everybody again, uh, put your phone number out there so people can call you. Yep, my phone number is 618-925-0422. Um, if I don't answer, please leave a message, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Um, the address to the church is 113 Southeast 2nd Street, Fairfield, Illinois, 62837. And that's at 7 p.m. on every Saturday night. Okay, you're on NYOC. NYOC on Facebook. On Facebook. Don't be scared, man. Don't be scared. Perfect love casts out fear. Jesus is that perfect love. And he is worth you, you give your life to Jesus, man, and you'll not ever regret it. I have never regretted, and I would never go back. To my old ways. Amen. I work with my best friend, my lifetime best friend. He does not know Jesus. We had a lot of crazy times together, a lot of good times, right? But I told him, I said, man, I would never, ever go back. No, knowing Jesus, I would never go back to that life. He's worthy. Amen. Amen. At the crossroads of life, Lost without hope Eighteen wheels of lonesome At the end of the road In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Hey drivers, we appreciate you letting us ride along with you 
in the cab. And you can contact us at 618-383-2107 or you can log on to our website at lonesomeroad.org and check us out on the web. You can listen to all of our radio programs on our website on our broadcast from the past page. So check it out. And if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, then give us a call and let us know. Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree